potty train me. We've got another great episode for you today. I am excited, and I know JJ is fired up as well. We're going to start off with a little something called Are You With It? and follow that with a little something we like to do called Overrated, Underrated, Rated. Then we will bring the world of music and sports together and answer a couple of questions from fans. And of course, as always, we'll top it off with a couple shout outs and get on out of here. So let's get right into it. In this episode two, JJ, take it away. Yeah, so the first segment, it's actually our inaugural segment that we're doing. It's called Are You With It? And the title is actually pretty self-explanatory. We're going to be looking at events or quotes from like the past few months of quarantine and discussing like whether we agree with them, disagree with them, or we're indifferent. And uh, the first the first quote that we're going to look at is uh, one by Kirk Cousins on uh, playing games without fans. And he says, uh, so honestly... To go out and just play the game would be kind of refreshing, a breath of fresh air to just let us know that we don't have to have all the smoke and the fire. We can just play football. And so uh, what do you think about that, Greg? Do you uh, do you agree with his like sentiment on playing games without fans? Oh, Kirk, I am not with it. I am not with that at all. And look, I know that I will never know what it's like to play professional football in front of a crowd of 73,000. But you're telling me that having fans in the stands doesn't fire you up? Like, football is such a vicious game, and you're making it sound like it'll be nice to play pickup with your old friends again on the playground. I mean, like, the media is not going away, but the fans are. And if I'm a Vikings fan right now, which thankfully I'm not, but if I am, I'm just like, hey, thanks, Kirk, for making us feel really important. That's what I want the quarterback of my franchise doing. And yes, I know that he backed up uh, on the statement and all that and, you know, said it wasn't uh, meant to be interpreted that way and all that. But I'm just saying, like, that's kind of weird to call it a breath of fresh air. Like, it's your job to play in front of stadiums. And Kirk, you also just came up with the biggest throw of your career to Adam Thielen, which set up the game winning touchdown to upset the 13 and three Saints in the first round of the playoffs. Like, you should be fired up in an environment of fans. I don't know. I just kind of think it's weird. JJ, what are your thoughts? You know, I actually kind of uh, agree with his sentiment. This is probably just a selfish answer, but I'm glad to see that football will be coming back. Uh, And if it's without fans, then honestly, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think the more interesting thing to see, though, is to see how like many different players react to having no fans or like how the game, how their individual games were cha- will change, you know, like uh, Aaron Donald has gone on record saying that he doesn't see how they can even play games without fans because like that takes a lot of the excitement out of the game. And, you know, obviously Aaron Donald is a world-class player, so I don't imagine his game being affected at all. But like, <laughs> like we said, we know a guy like Kirk Cousins has infamously been a, uh, <laughs> not up to the task when it comes to those big games. So, I mean, I thought, yeah, he of all people would definitely be pumped, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely weird. I think I would side with a guy like Aaron Donald a little bit more than a guy like Kirk Cousins. I don't want to say that Kirk's opinion should be completely invalidated or that there's you know no reason to appreciate an environment without fans, something new, but – Personally, I've always been the kind of guy that loves to get fired up and hyped up. And I feel like if I was good enough to play at that level, I would cherish having the fans. 
week in and week out. So to have games without fans for the next probably year or so seems really weird to me. And I think it's the kind of thing that an athlete should appreciate when it comes back. But in all seriousness, though, we're living in such a historic era and it's going to be so weird to see these games played without fans in the stands. We've already seen a little bit with European soccer and, you know, they're pumping in crowd noise and, you know, getting out cardboard fans. I'm not really sure how I feel about all that, but it's funny to think just like, what if everything in the NFL just completely changes now? Like, you know, the Seahawks start blowing road games in the fourth quarter and have no ability to rally. And like teams like the Packers and Steelers are just terrible on the road because their fans can't travel well anymore. And, you know, maybe the Chargers gain like a huge advantage because they hardly had any fans in the first place. And of course, maybe Kirk Cousins is going to be our MVP of the league. Like who knows? (laughs) Exactly. And that's like, you kind of led into another point is that the home field advantage will get completely taken away. You know, like the Seahawks with century league field and the chiefs with Arrowhead stadium, it'll be like amazing to see teams go into those environments with no fans because those two are historically have massive home field advantages. And, you know, And even looking at like fringe NFL roster guys that like maybe don't perform well when like the brightest lights are on, maybe those guys like they improve their game a lot with no fans in the stadium. I think that we could potentially see a very heightened level of NFL play coming up here. I'm also really excited to see if all this player trash talk is now going to be audible in an environment with no fans. I don't know if they're going to pump in noise or anything like that, but like, With Andrew Luck out of the league, there's going to be a lot less complimenting on the other team. And seriously, (laughs) if you haven't seen any videos of Andrew Luck complimenting his opponents when they hit him hard or sack him, just please look them up after this episode because it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen for a true competitor in this league, or I guess he's gone now, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen and it blows my mind every single time. It never gets old. Yeah, Andrew Luck is just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. It's so funny to see that. Uh, You know, JJ, I also have to ask, uh, I guess I will say congratulations just to be a nice person on getting Cam Newton to the Patriots. Like, that's cool and all. Um, But what do you expect with Cam Newton and Bill Belichick? That's a pretty weird combination. Yeah, it's – I honestly – I'm intrigued by it, but ultimately I'm very skeptical because I know that the biggest if with Cam Newton is his uh, is his injuries. So if he stays healthy, which is always the biggest if, it could be something really special because I think Josh McDaniels, our offensive coordinator, will get something in Cam Newton that he hasn't had in a while, which is a mobile quarterback. And we can open up a whole new set of plays for the offense, even though uh, our receiver, our receiving core is a little bit lacking. But I think uh, ultimately, Cam says he's 100% healthy right now, which is really good to hear. So hopefully this works out. Hopefully he can learn the system and catch up really fast. And hopefully we can hit the ground running when the season comes. Yeah, we can't forget that Cam Newton is a former MVP who brought a 15-1 and Carolina Panthers team to the Super Bowl. That is a pretty impressive feat, to say the least. And so I'm looking forward to see what Cam will do on the Patriots, even though I'm not exactly a 
Patriots aficionado here, but it will be interesting. I, I kind of laughed with my brother. We were talking about it, and I think it's the kind of thing where if things are going well and they're winning a lot of games, Cam will be super happy and he'll be back in MVP form. And it's like, oh, it's the Cam Newton we all know and love. But also if like a couple things go wrong or Bill Belichick gets mad at him over something or other, that he could be the Cam that has the towel on his head who's chewing his gum, who looks like the most miserable human in the world. So it's the kind of environment where things could really go uphill or downhill very fast. And I'm curious to see how he does. Oh yeah, exactly. And our quarterback room is just like a bunch of question marks because Cam's going to be a big question mark. And even if he doesn't, if he doesn't work out, then we have Jarrett Stidham who hasn't started a game in the NFL. So like the biggest of question marks as well, you know? But with Bill Belichick's brilliant coaching, maybe he can turn Jared Sidham into a Hall of Famer. Oh, you know, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> Patriots fan base is always hyping him up. Yeah, Patriots fan base loves to hype a lot of things up, but I really can't talk too much trash here because they've got a lot of rings compared to my Green Bay Packers in just the last 20 years alone. So... <laughs> It is what it is. Okay, we're moving on. Um, A lot of Madden uh, ratings came out recently and, you know, got a lot of people triggered. I personally never buy too much into the whole Madden ratings thing. It's like, okay, like, who cares? But, you know, some of the players get all absorbed in it and get their feelings hurt. So, you know, like, whatever, you know, it happens. I don't know. Are you a Madden ratings guy, JJ? Not really. I mean, I paid I paid a little bit of attention. I saw like Mahomes got the 99 overall, which is obviously deserved. I saw uh, McCaffrey got 99 overall, which is even more deserved. I think those two got I haven't seen really any others than that. But, you know, both of those guys are generational talents. So I'm I'm interested to see what uh, Saquon's was because I didn't see his, but I'd imagine it had to be either like a 99 or close. Well, actually, I uh, I think I want to try to check that for you right now. It was posted today, all the running backs. Aaron Jones was a 90 overall, which I think uh, some people thought was a little high. I'm a huge Aaron Jones guy as a Packers fan, of course, but... You know, I think it's weird to think that he got a higher rating than his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Sure, he didn't have the greatest season ever, but this is still one of the greats who got rated below 90. So I found that really weird overall. Um, oh, they got all the, oh man, they got all these ratings of stiff arms and breaking tackles and whatnot. But to answer your question, Saquon Barkley is a 91 overall. He, that is fifth behind. Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Christian McCaffrey. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that being fifth behind four of those guys, but it's uh, it's interesting. I don't really like Alvin Kamara at number 10 in the league with 88 overall. Like you got Joe Mixon from the 2-14 and 14 Bengals ahead of Alvin Kamara. That's kind of weird to me. So that's my issue. Yeah, definitely. And just seeing Saquon Barkley below a guy like Nick Chubb, who, don't get me wrong, is a great running back, but I don't think he's close to Saquon's level. I would have to agree with you there. I think Nick Chubb is a really talented young player, and he's got a lot of potential to 
be somebody in this league, but I think that Saquon Barkley is a generational talent, a term you just used a few minutes ago. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll see this season. Joe Judge, the new coach, we'll see if Saquon Barkley can up his game a little bit more. We'll see if Daniel Jones can avoid a uh, sophomore slump. And maybe the Giants will be a team that can be talked about. (laughs) Probably not, but (laughs) I digress. Nonetheless, we are going to move forward with another one of our new segments, which we like to call overrated, underrated, rated. I've been doing this since I was about 10 years old with random things, could even be soda flavors or whatever, but it is exactly what it sounds like. We name something, we decide whether it's overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated. And shifting from the NFL, we're going to talk about the NBA a little bit because the NBA is hopefully coming back. We don't really know what this, how this whole bubble thing is going to work in Orlando and what's going to end up happening there. But nonetheless, we want to talk some basketball. And my Warriors, of course, will not be a part of this Orlando bubble, having quite a down year without two future Hall of Famers, a.k.a. the Splash Bros. But J.J.'s Lakers are a big part of this playoffs and LeBron James is chasing what could be ring number four. I know Anthony Davis wants to win his first NBA championship. So why not start off with a member of that Los Angeles Lakers team? JJ, overrated, underrated, rated, Kyle Kuzma. You know, this one was a little tough for me because with the way that Kuzma's season went, I would have liked him to perform a little bit better, but I gave him a rated because with AD coming to the team, obviously Kuzma's role was going to be downsized a bit. He averaged 12.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, and one uh, one and a third assists. But I think those numbers are a little more understandable given the amount of pressure that was put on his shoulders to kind of live up to his expectations of his first two years and to be that third guy for the Lakers, you know. And part, uh, another part of it would probably have been his confidence this year. He shot uh, the least efficient clips in his short career. He shot 43% from the field and just under 30% from three. And, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say I expected this, like, this much of a regression from him in terms of efficiency, but it's definitely understandable. Uh, something is something has messed up his flow this year, you know, but his numbers nonetheless are still respectable and solid. So I gave him a rated. That's interesting that you say all of that because actually using a lot of your similar logic, I'm going to say a little bit overrated. Now I will say this. I know he's young I know he has a lot of potential and a lot of upside, but there's been a lot of inconsistency with him. And you even said yourself it wasn't the season that you hoped to see with Kuzma. But the way I see it, just as a you know a non-Lakers fan and looking at the league in a little bit of a larger scope as a whole, is that take some of these other young studs in the league, like his former teammate Brandon Ingram or you know, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson Jr., et cetera, et cetera. You know, the list goes on. And I find that most of them have had more solid and well-rounded NBA careers 
to this point than Kuzma has. I would argue that with Anthony Davis coming to the team, sure, his role might be a little more limited, but I think the pressure drops when you have another superstar on a roster like that. Like, given his upside, I would like to see him as a true number three option on this Lakers team, but I don't think he's been that guy this far. And, you know, I don't know if he's super overrated by people around the league and everyone who is an expert in professional basketball, but a more proper term might be overhyped, you know, and I guess it's a product of playing in such a big market. But all I know is that he stayed a Laker while three of his young teammates got shipped away to New Orleans. And personally, I don't think he's lived up to that hype. I mean, Brandon Ingram was an all-star after all this year. So that's kind of where I stand with Kuzma. Yeah, and I think there's definitely something to be said about the pressure of playing in L.A. I mean, you look at guys like Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram, who their roles were a little more limited while they were on the Lakers, but I think the larger part of their performance was uh, due to the like pressure and uh, dealing with maybe confidence issues while playing in Los Angeles. And you go to uh, – actually, both of them went to New Orleans after they left the Lakers, and both of them thrived. And now Julius Randle's thriving on the Knicks. So I think, yeah, Kuzma's probably his biggest issue is his confidence. And if he could just get that back somehow, I think he can – truly be that third option that we were hoping to be. And, you know, his like his per 36 stats were still good. He was still averaging 18 points per 36. So, you know, I think he's uh, – I think he was just perfectly rated. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, that's fair. And I, I do want to say, um, obviously, as a Northern California sports fan, that there's no hate coming toward Kyle Kuzma and all this. I really do think that he's a young player with an immense upside and – totally has the potential to excel future years in the league. I just think what we're seeing right now with what could be the Western Conference favorite, I would like to see a little bit more out of a young stud like that. And I'm just not comfortable calling him, you know, even rated and certainly not underrated. So I think that's where I stand. But, you know, Kyle Kuzma, uh, maybe Orlando bubble playoff time is your time to shine. I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. But <laughs> moving on to the next player that we have set aside for this segment, we've got our guy Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie I think is still a vastly underrated player. Um, when Kyrie went out, was out for the Nick or the Nets, he was the main reason uh, that they stayed in the playoff race. He became like the focal point for their offense and he averaged 20 points per game. You know, the Knicks actually had a better record without Kyrie than they did when Kyrie was in the lineup. And that success was in large part due to Dinwiddie. He had a case for being an all-star this year, even though there are probably bigger snubs than him. He still averaged fantastic numbers. He's really been underrated his whole career though. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school when he committed to uh, Colorado, and he was a second-round pick in the 2014 draft, you know? And even though he's been getting some recognition this year, he feels as though, like, people are seeing him as a C grade rather than an F grade now when he believes he's still, like, an A player, A-type player. So I don't think he's quite on the A tier yet, but he's definitely way better than a C tier player. And for those those reasons, I think he's definitely underrated. 
Oh, that's very fair of you to say all that. I, I don't want to say I disagree with your reasoning behind it, but I had Spencer Dinwiddie as a rated guy, neither underrated nor overrated. And I think the way I saw it was that he's scoring 20.6 points per game this season, and he's a really solid player and someone I could see being a really nice contributor for a fully healthy Nets team. You know, not to mention uh, Kevin Durant coming back, you know, look at DeAndre Jordan, obviously Kyrie Irving. And so, you know, he won't be one of the main three, I don't think. Um, And I don't think he's perceived as, you know, one of the main options on a team. He was a finalist for the most improved player in 2018, but the award went to Victor Oladipo, as it should have. Um, You know, and I think he's a really good player who can stick around in this league. But um, I don't know. It's hard for me to say underrated. I think he's gotten a fair amount of recognition by people around the NBA after that breakout year in 2018. And I don't want to say that he's anything more or less than what he is. I think he's a really solid player, and I think he can stick around in this league. But I don't want to say, like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie deserves so much more credit or so much less credit than what he's been doing. I would really like to see how he would work on this fully healthy Nets team with Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and Kyrie and see what kind of player he could be with a full strength Nets team and see if they could, you know, make a run at an Eastern Conference Finals or something. Um, But the one thing I do want to say is that I think his proposal for the NBA playoff format was definitely terrible. And that is okay if you want to say that's overrated. But the player himself... Really solid player, and I look forward to seeing what he can do in future games in this league. But I think, uh, you know, he is what he is. Yeah, his his NBA playoff format was like a March Madness style kind of tournament. Yeah, it incorporated, I think, you know, 28, if not all 30 NBA teams. And it was really ridiculous. Like, there's already more teams that make the playoffs than not in the NBA. And I, I do love it. The NBA playoffs are one of my favorite times of year. And the fact that we're missing it right now really hurts. I'm looking forward to some kind of return of the NBA, whatever that may be in Orlando. So yeah, we'll see, but I don't want a Spencer Dinwiddie kind of playoffs in the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. I don't think anybody would, you know, but uh, let's uh, move a little North to uh, the uh, good city of Boston and the TD Garden and their use of the song I'm Shipping Up to Boston. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Overrated, underrated, or rated? Oh, boy. I had to battle back and forth with myself on this a little bit, but I'm going to leave it as rated. It is appropriately rated because... The truth is when white people get hyped up over their music and their weird little traditions, especially in a city like Boston, it can be really tough to watch. But I will say the song is pretty intense and perfect for an arena. And even if I just pull it up on my Spotify or whatever, like right now, I get kind of hyped up listening to it. And I'm not even a Celtics fan. So it gets me excited. It's pretty perfect for a team. Uh, I wouldn't say it's overused in any way, but if you ever just want to get really hyped up before 
taking a test or going on a run or whatever it is that you guys are doing in your quarantine lives, then I do recommend I'm shipping up to Boston because it can get you into quite a mood with the little fiddles and I don't know, whatever it is. But I do like I'm shipping up to Boston. I don't know, JJ, what are your thoughts? You know, I want to start out by saying that no doubt this has everything to do with my bias towards the Lakers, but this song is terribly overrated. It it just doesn't do it for me. Like they use an accordion to hype up a crowd. Like has someone ever played an accordion for you and you just got like so pumped by it? Like no, yeah, yeah, because have. it's an accordion. No, they no, no dude. Hyped up, and the answer is this song right here. <laughs> no. <laughs> It doesn't do it for me, man. Maybe it's like a different atmosphere to experience it in person, but I, I really highly doubt that. I think this song is terribly overrated. All right. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. But I will say that I think imagining what it would be like to be a Celtics fan and experiencing that in the arena, like I got to experience the prime years of Roracle and I tell you, there is absolutely nothing like it. I will cherish that forever. Uh, those are memories that will be burned inside me for the rest of my life. So just the thought of being in an environment where everyone is rallying so hard behind your team and it's a great atmosphere, I think that kind of sentiment holds a special place in my heart. So, you know, maybe maybe that's where my appreciation for I'm shipping up to Boston comes from. But I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's a hype song. That's that's where I, that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> Agree to disagree, Greg. <laughs> but uh, anyways, fair enough. Anyways, well, uh, let's move on to the number one team in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks, and their second in command, Chris Middleton. What are your thoughts on him? Is he overrated, underrated, or rated? So my thoughts on Chris Middleton are that he's actually underrated. And I know that he's gotten a lot more recognition recently. He's been an all-star the last two years. But for a former 39th overall pick, like back in 2012 or something like that, he's proven to be a great number two option on the team with the best record in the league. His real plus minus for the year was 3.93, which is ninth in the league. And that's better than Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, and Jason Tatum, just to name a few big names. Uh, he was also ninth in the league in the real plus-minus win stat, which estimates the number of wins an individual player has contributed to their team. And also, he put up 51 points this year in a game without uh, the superstar on that team, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And... Like, I think that was really impressive to me because not a lot of number two options can just crank it up like that when they have to become the guy. Now, I know it was a regular season game against the Washington Wizards and the score was like 151 to 131 or something like that. But I just, you know, I'd be really curious to see how he could do without Giannis in a playoff game because playoff hoops are different. But I think overall what I want to get at here and why I want to you know, stick with my argument that he's underrated is that there's something to be said for a guy that can just make a team better and a guy that can win games for a team. To me, that's what Chris Middleton is. He doesn't have to be the most talented player in the league, but it's like you got a MVP on your roster and then this guy's up next 
and your team is performing at a super, super high level who, you know, people thought they were going to the finals last year and they very well could come out of the Eastern Conference this year. So I'm really curious to see what 2020 playoff Chris Middleton is going to be like, but I feel totally comfortable standing by the fact that he's an underrated player. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I respect your, I respect your opinion there, but I'm, I'm actually rating Chris Middleton as rated. Uh, he's really hitting his stride with the bucks. Now he's averaging a career high 21 points per game and he's shooting the ball with like incredible efficiency. Just, I believe 0.01 away from 50, 40, 90 club. And I think he's still their closer for their end of game situations. You know, their go-to guy to get a bucket and go out and win a game. And he's delivered for them on that. I think he's solidified himself as a star in this league, especially with those two consecutive all-star appearances. So I think everyone knows just how good Chris Middleton is now. He's definitely rated. And that's all speaking on his offense, but his defense is fantastic as well. He's a, He's an amazing defender, and I don't think that maybe a third All-NBA team is out of the question for him. He's definitely a star in this league. Yeah, absolutely, and I think what you just said about the defense is kind of why I wanted to lean toward the underrated side because he's not just a one-way player to me, and that's very fair to say that after he's gotten the two All-Star nods that you know, maybe it's like, okay, maybe this guy's not underrated anymore. Like, everyone knows who he is. He's on the best team. But I think I just feel like there's a little bit, you know, more of Chris Middleton that we still could see as sports fans. And I'm, you know, I'm really rooting for him. I want to see NBA champion Chris Middleton. I want to see NBA playoff killer Chris Middleton, even if he's not the best player on his team, because Really, it takes more than one superstar nowadays to just win championships. And, um, you know, the Bucks are definitely a team that could make it happen. But I think it's going to take big moments from Chris Middleton and a lot of minutes and a lot of mental toughness and not just what he can do on the offensive end, but the defensive end as well. So Chris Middleton, to me, you're a little underrated, but I want to see you prove that to the rest of the world. Anyway, with that, we are going to move to our next segment, which we like to call Every Slap Tells a Story. Um, you know, with the NBA coming back to Orlando, uh, I thought this was a perfect time to reference a song by an artist who spells his name Florida. Uh, of course, that is Flo Rida. And today's slap for me is My House by Flo Rida because 22 teams are coming to your house and they're trying to complete the by far weirdest season of my lifetime. And I believe my house was actually used as a song for the NBA playoffs back in 2016. So here I am bringing it back into everybody's consciousness on potty train me four years later. So uh, Flo Rida, I just want to say thank you for welcoming the NBA to your house. I hope that we could finish the season there. Well, thank you for bringing that song back into my memory. I definitely needed that. But uh, my uh, my song for Every Slap Tells a Story is actually Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. And this is about my uh, Los Angeles Angels because for the last oh, five years or so, they have never failed 
to break my heart every year. You know, I start out so hopeful at the beginning of the year and I think, oh, maybe we'll have a good offense. Maybe our pitching will just be mediocre and we can sneak into the playoffs. And every year we hover around 500 or below. And (laughs) I'm getting really tired of it, man. And hopefully with Anthony Rendon, that'll boost our offense too. I'm, I'm hoping a top 10 offense in this league, but I know our pitching our pitching will ultimately in the end let us down. So I guess shout out to Taylor Swift for making a song that <laughs> describes my relationship with the Angels. Damn, that's a little bit of a heartbreaker there. You know, I wasn't I wasn't expecting something so sad, but of course I love me some Taylor Swift, um, as do all my guy friends. So if you're listening to this like oh, no, bro, he's not talking about me, then get your head out of the gutter, John B., and you know you like Taylor Swift. Um, Taylor Swift slaps, and I'm really glad that you brought her under the second episode of Potty Train Me, and I didn't even have to do it myself. So that is fantastic. But to delve into the song a little bit deeper, would you agree with the statement because now we got problems and I don't think we can solve them. Is that how you feel about the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? I wouldn't go so far as to say that we can't solve them. I mean, I'd love to see a, <laughs> I'm sure a playoff appearance or a deep run into the playoffs would cure that very quickly. But ultimately, I don't see that happening in the near future until we get some decent pitching. So, you know, I think. I think more, if you look at the first lyrics of the song, it says, now we've got bad blood. You know, it used to be mad love. That's how I feel at the end of every single season. Damn, hitting me deep here. Well, listen, (laughs) the Angels win a World Series within the next, like, five. Yeah, you know what? I'll say five years. If the Angels can win a World Series within the next five years, Kendrick Lamar, Taylor Swift, if you're listening to this, hit me up. Hit JJ up. We're all going to hang out. You guys are going to perform for us. And it's going to be an epic moment for the Los Angeles Angels. And maybe this song can live on in happy memory. But until then, I suppose we will move on from the slaps. There will be plenty more songs and lyrics in future episodes. But right now, we have our big boy question. And... We actually had a couple of questions submitted by fans. And yes, we do have fans. We do. It's great. And we're going to answer them in just a second. But this also seems like a great time to tell you how to submit a question of your own. Go visit us at our website, pottytrainme.com. That's all one word with no hyphens or underscores spelled exactly how it is on our logo. You go to that website. You click the yellow chat icon on the bottom right corner of the website and leave your name, your email address, and the question for us, and you may be a part of our future episodes. We would love to hear from you. We would love to learn what you think. So if you have anything that you'd like to ask us, please do not hesitate to do so. We will be so, so excited as we move into future episodes. We got some great things lined up, and I think we got... A few guests coming up that will remain a mystery for now. But you want to submit a big boy question, do not hesitate to hit us up on our website anytime. That's pottytrainme.com. Anyway, moving into our questions for the week. 
after a little bit of a controversial social media scandal from Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, where he posted some quotes from Adolf Hitler, should he be suspended? Uh, yeah, I think he definitely should be suspended for his comments. And we know he didn't mean them, but there definitely has to be repercussions for things like this. He couldn't have, like, he couldn't have just stopped for a second or two to look over what he was posting and maybe realize what it actually was, you know? And in his apology, he claimed that, like, a lot of things get sent to him and he posts a lot of them. But as an athlete with his like stature and his position in society, he has to be more careful about like the things that he puts his name on and the things he puts out into the world because he has such a far-reaching scape that anybody can see what he's posting. So I think he has to be a lot more careful and he should definitely be suspended. Yeah, I know we've done some debating back and forth here early in the show, but I could not agree more with you, JJ. I think he absolutely should be suspended. That's not to say that I don't forgive Deshaun Jackson. That's not to say that I don't believe his apology was sincere. Um, But I do hope that from here, people in sports can use their platform to promote messages of unity, acceptance, and equality. And I think with Deshaun Jackson here that there needs to be a precedent set that this type of thing is unacceptable. I think he should know better. I think that um, there should not be any kind of excuse. I think the NFL has made a lot of excuses in the past for a lot of different, uh, you know, controversial moments with involving their players or coaches or owners. And I think that it's time in 2020 to completely own up to that. Um, You know, Deshaun Jackson, I know you said that, you wanted to visit Auschwitz and, you know, stuff like that. I I really do believe that he's sincere in his apology and that he does not mean any harm. He does promote unity, but I think that it's important to, you know, set the tone that this kind of stuff is absolutely not okay. There is no place for that in the NFL. There is no place for that in sports. And, you know, I know all the whatabouters are going to bring up Riley Cooper from a few years back um, who, was caught on camera saying the N-word after an African-American security guard would not let him into a certain place at a concert. And, you know, that's not to say, of course, I think Riley Cooper should have been suspended back then too. I don't think it's about comparing white athletes and black athletes and their behavior. I think it's about, you know, setting our foot on the right path and trying to do the right thing and, having the best intentions and the best messages possible. So I think a one game suspension is fine. I don't think it needs to be any more than that. Um, You know, we appreciate Deshaun Jackson and his efforts to apologize, but I think that there needs to be some kind of message that that kind of thing is not acceptable on social media. Yeah, you know, and I've actually had the pleasure of visiting uh, Birkenau or Auschwitz-Birkenau, the um, camp, and to see the kind of living conditions that these people went through and the barracks that they lived in, the barracks are so small. They're, they're tinier. Some are like smaller than Isla Vista houses, and there would be 
thousands of people living in just those in the worst of sanitary conditions. So I think, yeah, Deshaun Jackson definitely knows that he made a mistake. And I think, like you said, it was a great gesture of him to accept an invitation to go visit uh, Auschwitz-Birkenau because that place will really humble you, you know, and those things are really really amazing to see because you gain such a better understanding of the kind of things that they went through. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, uh, I look forward to seeing how players in the NFL can continue to use their voices and their platforms to work together to promote messages of unity and equality and, um, you know, as cheesy as it may sound, work to bring people together as opposed to divide one another. Because I think right now, more than ever, is that a super, super important thing in our world. Um, but, you know, moving on to our second question, uh, this one uh, we can take a little bit less seriously. We have, what should the Washington Redskins new name be? Now, the Washington Redskins... Mr. Dan Snyder, who said they will never, ever change their name, has finally woken up and agreed to change the name of the Washington Redskins. Amen. But what's their name going to be? You know, it's a big decision. Uh, it's so exciting. You know, I think for one, let's uh, let's start. How about something that doesn't talk about, uh, you know, somebody's skin color? That's good. You know, something that's not racist would be pretty awesome. I think you can only move up from here. And uh, <laughs> most definitely, this is a, it's a big opportunity for you, my guy. I'm really excited to see what it's going to be. Uh, I was informed uh, through some research that the current front runners are the Washington Warriors and the Washington Red Tails. Um, personally, I think that we could do a little bit better than that. So I would like to voice my proposal here, which I know may sound pretty freaking ridiculous and terrible but just hear me out on this the washington hybrids as in like hybrid shorts now i know you're probably laughing you probably think that's like the stupidest thing of all time but let me just say this first of all not racist second of all i love hybrid shorts like shorts that you can wear in water and just as normal shorts they are such a beautiful thing. They're like right up there with like with like lotion and chapstick as my favorite inventions in this world. And here's the other here's the other thing. Other sports teams have been named after shorts before. The New York Knickerbockers. Yeah, that's right. Bet you didn't think that uh bet you didn't think I was going off of historical evidence here. But I'm just saying the Washington hybrids for hybrid shorts. That is a team I could see myself, you know, supporting if Dwayne Haskins turns out to be the man and maybe I want to go to the beach sometime. That's my, uh, that's my proposal. <laughs> that's an incredible proposal with, I got to say, a strong argument. You've, you've almost convinced me here. I mean, just like off the top, do you have any, uh, do you have any ideas for a logo or anything? Oh man, you know, uh, well, you know, we did some hardcore logo designing for this podcast, and I was really happy with how that turned out. So I think before I just, uh, you know, spew something out that might not be the thing, it would take some 
serious uh, sitting down and pondering and, you know, looking at what could be the best possible vision for this team. So I'm going to have to uh, hold you on that question. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, I guess we can get to uh, my suggestion, which I think is amazing. And <laughs> again, big check. It's not racist. Uh, <laughs> it's actually the Washington White Claws. You know, it's got the whole alliteration going for it. And in, simple, in the simplest of arguments, who doesn't love White Claws? Honestly, like they're just a fantastic drink that I wish I could try when in a year, because in a year I will turn 21. And <laughs> I think that I think that would be the, just the fantastic name for them. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you really got me with that White Claws thing there. I, I feel like uh, if it came down to a fan vote, that that would most certainly win as everybody's in this uh everyone's in love with the combination of summer season and seltzers you know not to mention uh, a global pandemic too to add a little flavor there but uh i actually did recently turn 21 and i will say that white claws um you know they're better than some of the other seltzer beverages out there i had the bud light seltzers expecting big things because of post malone's super bowl commercial and I got to say, I was a little bit disappointed. Not my favorite drink in the world out there. But, you know, White Claws, um, I don't know what it is about them, but they get a lot of hype and people are really, really into it. So I feel like the Washington White Claws is certainly a step up from the Washington Redskins. And, you know, who knows, uh, maybe with a little bit of luck, it will be the new identity of that Washington football franchise. Now I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked me, what would this logo look like? See, yeah, this would be a little, this might be a little tricky because there could be potentially, I guess, some issues with copyrights or trademarks considering there is a whole company that's called white claws. So honestly it could, it couldn't be, of the drink or the can itself. So they'd have to go in a different direction, which would be a little sad, but off the top, it could just be a crab or something. You know, they're, they're pretty close to the shore with Maryland. I mean, they could, and Maryland, I believe is known for their crab or lobster. So, you know, they could go in that direction. So would this crab be intoxicated or just like under a slight influence or completely sober? Cause that's where you got me lost. Oh, it would definitely have to be sober because, you know, gentlemen act accordingly in their soberness. And that's how I expect Dwayne Haskins to act in when he's on the field, act with uh, very cordial manners, like hopefully like Andrew Luck. Maybe he can become the next Andrew Luck of the league. That would be amazing to see. You know, guys like Terry McLaurin, Adrian Peterson, those guys maybe could uh, – Set the set the cordialness back into this league. I expect Dwayne Haskins to miss the kneel down at the end of a game that they've won because he's taking a selfie with a fan who's holding a white claw. How about that? That would be <laughs> that would also be incredible to see. Well, look, I gotta say this: saying "go claws" sounds so much better than "go skins." So you know, whatever the hell you change their name to. Hey, Dan Snyder, don't fuck this one up, okay? Like, it's really, really hard 
to do worse than the Redskins. And look, you held on to it for so long. It was so sweet. You were so attached. But it's time to let go. And maybe it's not the Washington hybrids or the Washington White Claws. But whatever it is, it's going to be something spectacular. And Riverboat Ron is taking you guys back to the playoffs in a few years. So just ride that wave, baby. If if Dwayne Haskins pans out, which I also side note, I think he's getting way too much hate and he's getting writ- written off way too soon because he's only been in the league for one year. But that'll be a topic for another day. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I am a huge fan of Jared Goff and believe that he will have a bounce back season this year. And Jared Goff needed a little bit of change of scenery as well before he could truly excel in this league. So I am with you right there that Haskins deserves um, a few more shots at it before he gets the hate that he's been getting. So we will see, Um, you know, but Washington Redskins, no more Washington whatevers it is for now. And we are approaching the end of this episode here. It's been so much fun and we want to get out of here with a little shout out to, so JJ, why don't you start us off with that? (laughs) My shout out is in two parts, one, a little bit of humor and then a serious note. My shout out goes to Kanye West for announcing his candidacy for presidency. And I don't want to write him off just yet. I want to see what kind of policies he may or what he's running on and uh, what his policies may be. But I will note that he is running under the birthday party because I believe he said when he wins, it's going to feel like it's your birthday, which is always a great thing to hear from a presidential candidate. But (laughs) on a little more serious note, um, I really respect Kanye for his um, his involvement with the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, he actually set up a $2 million college fund for George Floyd's daughter, which is just incredible. And um, he's also donated to uh, Black-owned businesses in Chicago throughout this whole quarantine time, you know. And he's also covered legal bills for George Floyd's family and Ahmaud Arbery's family and Breonna Taylor's family as well. So I'd like to give my shout out to Kanye for um, his very respectable acts in this uh, in these troubling times. Well, that is very kind of you, JJ. And I don't want to discredit Kanye at all for his involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement um, and the donations that he's made. But I will say I hope Kanye, stay the fuck away from the White House, man. Like, you said some ridiculous things for a candidate, but surprisingly not the most outrageous things for a presidential candidate in the last four years. Dude, you're (laughs) one hell of an artist. I respect it. I really, really do. I do not want you as my president. Um, All the memes about the national anthem are really funny, though. I will say that about what it would be like. Oh, yeah. (laughs) President, I'm not saying that everything about you is bad. I just don't want you in the White House, man. Like, when I see you with that red Make America Great Again hat, I internally vomit. And it's a disgusting sight. And I do not want you in the fucking White House. So let's leave it at that. Um... 
not to get more political, but my shout out is actually going to go to WNBA player Maya Moore and former UConn superstar. Uh, she stepped away from the game of basketball to help with criminal justice reform. And she got to witness the moment when Jonathan Irons got released from prison. His 50-year sentence was overturned, and he was able to get released from prison and reunite with his family. And Maya Moore was there to witness it. So that is a very, very proud moment for a brilliant basketball player who is also focused on something bigger. So I just want to say here at Potty Train Me, Maya Moore, we salute you. We sincerely thank you for taking part in the fight for social justice. And please keep doing you. You rock. Most definitely. And, you know, also speaking on this, Maya Moore, as a part of the WNBA, the WNBA, their salary contracts are far, far less than what the average NBA player gets. So for her to step away from the game like that just shows what a great person and how genuine she is to fight for something so right. Absolutely. I am so excited to see what kind of progress that Maya Moore can help, um, you know, contribute towards in the future. And I really, really do sincerely appreciate what she's been doing. I think she's a role model athlete and citizen and all you young girls who want to grow up and be big basketball players, I would say look at Maya Moore, not just as a role model for the game, but as a person off the court. Um, I am sincerely impressed with what she's been able to do, and I'm really excited to see how she progresses. And, um, you know, with that, I think we're going to just about end it for this episode. Uh, I know it was a little bit different than the first one, but if you made it all the way to the end, thank you so much. We are so excited to keep going, and we're going to have some guests on soon, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I know JJ and I are working hard to come up with the right questions and try to capture the right vibe with all these different people in the world of sports in a time when everything is up in the air and nothing seems to ever be just fine, but that's okay. I think I would like to think we're all going to get through this, but uh, seriously, wear your mask, protect the people around you, stay safe. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Once again, if you want to contact us with some big boy questions, hit us up at our website, pottytrainme.com, and we would be ecstatic to hear from you. Until then, have a great time. Enjoy your life. Be true to yourself. We'll see you soon. Peace out.